Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Galatians chapter 3. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Dear friends of Christ, drinking water must be pure. Contaminated water will work wonders for your digestive system. It's not a pretty picture. They can do pretty disgusting things. So why would you take a pure, perfectly good glass of drinking water and add contaminated water to it? Why would you do that? Well, you wouldn't. That'd be stupid, right? Well, our dear Christian friends from the church of Galatia were guilty of doing that spiritually to the gospel. They, they, they had teachers among them, false teachers that were telling them that pure salvation, pure forgiveness, pure grace in Christ Jesus was not sufficient enough to save us. You needed more. You needed more to be saved. And so, they taught that something needed to be added to all that, your obedience. It took more. Christ, so the equation was something like this. Christ's blood and sacrifice and resurrection plus your obedience to God's law equals salvation. And maybe some of you think that's a good equation. Christ's sacrifice plus my obedience equals my salvation. The problem is you're wrong. That's, that's what Paul's talking about. It's like taking a pure glass of water and adding contaminated water to it. You wouldn't do that. But the, that's, that's what you do. You pollute the water, and the devil is good at pollution. The devil is good at, at leading us astray and adding something that contaminates Jesus, because that's what the devil likes doing, killing Jesus, contaminating him, watering it down, leading us down the wrong path, leading us away from that message of grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, by Scripture alone. God does it all for you. We talked about that last week. We're going to talk about it again, and the reason why is because Satan never quits giving up, trying to convince us that something more has to be added. I, have, I go to people all the time, and they're dying. And I say, you're saved by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, by Scripture alone. Die in peace. And they said, yeah, but what if I haven't done enough? They think they have to add something right at the end. No, you've been given everything. So don't, our theme, don't contaminate pure grace. You know, what does it take to become a child? What does it take to become a child of our Heavenly Father? Does it take, is it done by Christ alone through faith, uh, by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, and Scripture alone, or do we have to add something to it? Well, let's look at our text. Some of the Jewish Christians were having a difficult time getting rid of some of those worship laws of the Old Testament. We call them ceremonial laws, okay? Uh, it's how they, how they worship before Christ. And now observing those worship ceremonial laws was okay. There's nothing wrong with circumcising a young boy today. There's nothing wrong for Christians today to celebrate the Passover. There's nothing wrong with that. We've done that a couple times here. Uh, however, insistence 
on the fact that these things have to happen, insistence that these Old Testament laws should be followed if you are to be saved, that's going too far. And these false teachers went too far. They added impurities to the message of the gospel. They added something, and they ruined it all. Said you had to keep all these rules. Now, remember, these these false teachers said that a true believer, a first-class citizen, a true believer, a first-class citizen, not only believed in Jesus, but followed all the rules. And then, of course, there were all the second-class citizens, the people who aren't such good Christians. They may not even be in heaven. We don't really know. Maybe you feel like a second-class citizen. Maybe you'll be in heaven. You don't really know. Well, what is it that gets you there? The pure grace of God. No, we have to add laws to that. And so we add all these worship laws. Uh, do you, can you eat pork on Sunday? No, you can't eat pork. It's an, un, it's an unclean meat. So in the Old Testament, they couldn't eat pork and they couldn't eat all the unclean meat. They, they had to worship on Saturday and the Sabbath day, not on every day like we worship today. All those laws have changed. And the Apostle Paul described what it was like to be under all those Old Testament ceremonial worship laws. Before faith came, we were held prisoners. That's strong language. Before Christ came, before faith came. Before faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. These Old Testament believers needed these worship laws because these worship laws kept them identified as Israel. These worship laws set them apart, made them different from the rest of the world because from them would come the Messiah. These worship laws kept them in an expectant mood. They were expecting a coming Messiah, one who would rise up from their midst. And they were like chickens locked up in a coop. They were chickens And the chicken coop is good. The chicken coop is good because the chickens are imprisoned. They're kept safe from the possums and the raccoons and the coyotes that would like a nice chicken dinner. Exodus delineates some of those worship laws, those Old Testament ceremonial worship laws. Describes the elaborate clothes that the priest would wear. And the clothing all pointed to Jesus. All the sacrifices that they were supposed to do, the blood that was shed on the altar and sprinkled on the people, it all pointed to Jesus one day coming, make the final sacrifice and shedding his blood for the people. It all pointed to Jesus. And then Jesus came. And God's people no longer needed all these worship rules that pointed to the coming Messiah. No, instead they had the Messiah. Now the Messiah had come. Faith came. And now we don't point to the laws and the obedience of the laws. Now we point directly to Jesus. That's who we follow. He's already here. He lives in our midst. He's in our hearts, right? Listen again to Paul, what he says about the purpose of these laws, those Old Testament worship ceremonial laws. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. All those Old Testament laws were were there to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. And now that faith has come, now that Christ has come, we're no longer under the supervision of that law. The word for supervision here is to put in charge. It, It was a Greek word used for slaves who would watch over the children, especially the boys 
as they were going through their studies. And this supervisor, you call him a tutor or schoolmaster, this schoolmaster, this tutor, or maybe, maybe you call him a nanny, would take care of them. You know, nannies are good, and some people hire nannies to take care of their children if you're rich enough. It's wonderful to have a nanny, because the nannies play with the kids, the nannies watch over the kids, the nannies feed the kids, the nannies make sure the kids are safe. However, once the children get old enough, they don't need a nanny anymore. Well, God's Old Testament people were like little children. Christ hadn't come yet. They were still expectant. They needed the law to fence them in. They needed the law to give them direction until Christ came to supervise, to keep them focused on the Messiah who was to come. And that's why our text says, once faith came, we're no longer under the supervision of that law. When Christ came, the promise of the law was fulfilled. The ceremonial laws are no longer necessary. Now, think of it this way. Many of you have an app on your phone that gives you direction and leads you to a place. You say, how do I get to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to the seminary? And, of course, then it, it says, you know, she gets on there, turn right, and then, and then it gives you directions all the way, and, and you make your journey until you finally get there. And once you get there, the directions are not necessary anymore, are they? Once you get there, you don't need any more directions. There are no more laws that you need to follow how to, how to get there. Well, that's the way it was for, that's the way it was, because th- these Jewish Christians believed that they were still under these rules. Sadly, they believed that they needed all these Old Testament ceremonial ways of worship to make them better Christians. They were convinced. They wanted all the old directions, but they were unnecessary. As a child of your Heavenly Father, you're richly blessed. You know, we don't need all those Old Testament laws. We come, we sit in our pew, we praise Jesus. He comes to our heart. He assures us that you're saved by grace. Christ alone, grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, by Scripture alone. And Paul wants you to know that. Jesus has done everything for you. He's given you everything for life here on this earth and life to come. It's all taken care of. There's nothing you can do to make you more worthy or worthier to stand before God on Judgment Day. Well, what must I do so that when I stand before God on Judgment Day, I can be accepted? It's all been done. It's all been covered. The blood has been spilled. And that's why Paul wants you to know that. He wrote, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, I'm now clothed yourself with Christ. It does not say regardless of of, uh, which religion you follow. It does not say, uh, regardless of what you believe, no. It says, you are saved only through faith in Christ Jesus, who clothes you in baptism. Jesus said, clearly, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can even come to the Father except through me. Very exclusive. There's one path, there's one way, and it's Jesus. And Paul wrote these words. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were living under the law, so that we might receive full rights as sons. Christ redeemed you so that you might redeem the full rights as children. Be free from the curse of the law. 
Oh, listen, I'm not saying the law is bad. The law is very good. We need the law because the law makes us recognize that I am sinful, that I don't live according to God's standards, that I need to get on my knees and ask for the Lord for mercy. What can I do to please God because He's loved me? Follow the law. Uh, Not the ceremonial laws, but the other moral laws. Love each other. Love God. The law is still good because it drives us to Jesus for cleansing and it brings us back to our baptism for forgiveness. But in Christ, you're set free. That's the gospel. In Christ, it's all taken care of. And that's why Paul wrote, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All the condemnation is taken away. And you stand set free. Don't add anything to it. Christ's blood has set you free. That's why Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Our text talks about the pure salvation. Don't add anything to it. Don't contaminate it. Grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, by Scripture alone. And our text says it simply by saying this, you have the full rights of sons. You have the full rights of sons. The full rights of sons is truly amazing. You have the full rights as a child of God. That's amazing. I want want you to think about what you've done in your life that should have disqualified you for that. I want you to think about all your disobedience. Think about how you haven't kept the first commandment, to love God above all things. Think about how many things you think are more important than God. Are you going to come to Bible study? No, I've got things to do today. Do you do devotion? Do you have your daily prayers? Sometimes, but I have more important things to do. And we do sin. We don't deserve to have a good relationship or to be in a good relationship with our Heavenly Father. Many of us don't even work that hard at having a good relationship with Him, to be honest. It's really not that important to us. Who among us would ever claim, I deserve, I deserve to be a child. I deserve full rights as sons. I deserve to be a child of my Heavenly Father because I've worked so hard on that relationship. No. God sent His Son to redeem you. God sent His Son because we haven't done such a good job of developing that relationship. God sent His Son because we're sinners. And that's the pure message of the gospel. He's done it all. You can't add anything to it to make it pure. It is already pure. And if you add anything, you'll contaminate it, you see. Here's what Martin Luther said in his lectures to this church in Galatia that was struggling with all this. He says, in baptism then, Christ becomes our garment, kind of like a pastor wears a garment, covers me up, it's white, right? In baptism then, Christ becomes our garment. He is the divine and the unfathomable gift that the Father has given to us to be our justifier, our life giver, and our redeemer. And Paul teaches that baptism is not a sign Baptism is a garment. In fact, that Christ himself is the garment. Hence, baptism is a very powerful and effective thing. Paul went on to say in our text, he said it this way, For all of you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism is not something you do for Jesus to show what a good Christian you are. 
No, in baptism, God comes to you and He covers you up and He puts Himself on you and He makes you holy and He makes you right and He makes you pure and He washes all your sins away. In your baptism, you're clothed with Christ. Don't add anything to it. It's done. And that's why we come to our Heavenly Father with nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling, naked to you I fly. We have nothing to offer except our filthy rags of sin in this messed up life. And Jesus scoops all that mess up. He washes it with His blood. He makes it pure. Then washes the filth and the sin away. And then He puts on us that robe of righteousness, His holiness. Because He kept the law for us. And that's the message of the pure gospel. He's done it all. No, there aren't different levels of Christians. Did you hear that? There aren't different levels of Christians. There aren't first-class Christians and second-class Christians. There aren't distinctions by race or gender or color or economic status. No, we're all one in Christ. Because of the message of the gospel and the salvation we have in Christ, it's pure. For all who believe. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.